This is Albert Shivers. My guests on this episode of the Planet Shivers podcast are husband and wife Hilier and Laura Dameron. But these two lovebirds are not your ordinary spouses. They share their lives in the cockpit of a speeding car, driving a city block in a second. We all look for trust in our relationships, but try trusting your other half traveling at almost 200 miles per hour around the hairpin curves and varying conditions of the Panamericana race, a 10-day festival of speed that pits man and wife against treachery. In this situation, your better half must be the best they could be. We have all heard of the Daytona 500 and the Indianapolis 500, but I want to present to you an event you may not be aware of. Each October, racers from around the globe assemble in Mexico to participate in La Carrera Panamericana, a road race that takes driver and machine from sprawling country roads to tight city streets. Whether you're new to this event, or if you're a longtime aficionado, I feel you'll enjoy my conversation with the 2016 champions of the Panamericana race, the fastest couple in racing, Hilier and Laura Dameron. Motor cars were designed to provide a new form of personal transport. But before long, they were used for other purposes. Most of these cars are standard touring models and are driven by gentlemen who are only too pleased to show off their new machines. Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Planet Shivers podcast. I am Albert Shivers, and I'm excited for this episode. I can barely even hide it. I'm excited to have on Hilier and Laura Dameron, who are husband and wife racing team. Before I get to my conversation with Hilier and Laura, I want to give you guys a couple of quick updates. First of all, I am working on this high contrast portrait of Marilyn Monroe. You could find updates and progress shots on this on my Instagram page, at Albert Shivers, and I'm also looking to do more pieces in this style. Second, a new episode of Insomnia Art is up on the YouTube channel, my cre- recreation of Kel Yarborough's 1965 wreck in the Southern 500 at Darlington. You guys remember this piece probably from a couple of weeks ago is when I finished it, but now the video is up to show you exactly how I did it with the ink and the markers and all that good stuff. That's also on the Albert Shivers YouTube channel and the Instagram page is just as simple, at Albert Shivers. Now, this is a very unique time to be putting out this particular podcast. Right now, we are sandwiched in between two very big races in the motorsports world. As of the time of this recording, the Rolex 24 ended yesterday. That is IMSA's 24-hour road race where drivers run 24 hours straight on the Daytona road course. In about a week and a half will be the Daytona 500, NASCAR's opening race and its biggest race. But... As we sit here in the middle, Hilier and Laura are going to explain to you a race you may not have heard of. And if you have heard of it and are a fan of the race, you're about to get a behind-the-scenes look on what it's like to be in that race and what it's like for Hilier and Laura in particular to run it and other events. I really hope you enjoy this podcast. I enjoyed the conversation so much, 
It was great to have Helier and Laura on, and I will talk to you guys on the other side. Let's get to the conversation. Hey folks, welcome to the Planet Shivers podcast, and today I am excited to be joined by Hilier and Laura Dameron, a racing driver and co-pilot. First, tell the folks a little bit about um, the the main races that you guys run, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Albert. It's a pleasure to be part of your show, and uh, really, we, we participate of uh, La Carrera Panamericana. Hmm. which is the very last uh, road race uh, worldwide. And we are very proud of uh, being one of the racers of this, of this particular race. How long have you guys been participating in the race? Me, uh, I started in 2015 uh, with Hilaire, but Hilaire started in um, 2009. Yes. Yes, uh, that's it. With another uh, co-drivers. Understand. Understand. Now, that is an interesting aspect of this race is that there are a driver and a co-driver. Now, other forms of racing have things like that, but not so much here in America. So can you guys go through the relationship between a driver and a co-driver, what your roles are? Of course. So it's quite similar as what we would see as rally or rallying uh, on WRC, World Rally Championship. The, the driver, uh, of course, does 100% of the driving, and the co-driver can be summarized as the eyes of the driver, because the co-driver on the speed stages will be telling to the driver exactly anticipating what is coming. So, Basically, I am the eyes and... I am the owner of the time, okay. yeah. and I will tell, uh, I will anticipate it, each curve that will be, uh, that will come, so I am the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I imagine that's a very important part of the race. It is very important so that we can go faster, because if you only drive with what you see, you, you cannot go as fast uh, right. as if you have a co-driver that will tell what you cannot see. So mm -hmm. when you have, you have a curve around a mountain, for example, she right. will tell me exactly what's the kind of curve, and I will dictate and anticipate the speed of entering that curve with what I heard from my co-driver. So uh, you have, as a driver, to listen, understand, and drive. And the co-driver has to be in the perfect rhythm in telling me exactly what is coming so it's very challenging hmm. depends of the speed stage some some speed stages have a lot of curves so i must to anticipate two or three uh, curves before the pilot will arrive so um it's very challenging for the co-driver because you must to be in time exactly and synchronized with the the pilot hmm. Well, I'm, I'm sure that comes a little bit easier for you guys because you guys are husband and wife. So how is that relationship, your off-track relationship, work in the car? I think it's the trust that mm. works very well because as we, we share life together as spouses, we have also two kids and uh, we are together for nearly 20 years now. 
so, so this is a long story uh, where mm -hmm. we can um, build on uh, this trust that, that we have together in the car. And it's very interesting uh, to have uh, that trust together because as a driver and co-driver, mm -hmm. the driver has to trust perfectly well that the co-driver did, did its best. And actually the co-driver will give its life kind of mm -hmm. on the driver hands because as the driver uh, make a mistake that can be uh, proportionally uh, a big, big accident or big given. So we have also to, to be very careful and to trust each other. Mm. Yeah, in the beginning it was very difficult because I, 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 um, I didn't know nothing about co-driver. So Hilaire, he uh, teach me every, everything about mm. co-driver. So um, he personalized me to be um, his co-driver. And I think the beginning was very difficult for me because I have a, a, a lot of um, fear and to to do a, an accident or something like that. Mm -hmm. So in the beginning it was difficult for both, I think, because Hilaire is uh, one to win all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and I was not prepared to to win, but th that was my, my feeling. But uh, when I was in the first race, I saw that it was possible to win and it was amazing to share with you, uh, share with Hilaire this um, feelings, experience. experience. So yeah. it was great, it was great. How, how nervous were you, Laura, in that first race? I was in panic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I think this feeling helped me to focus and... Um, learn more, study more, and be very concentrated for, for the speed stage that for me was very um, uh, important part of the race. And uh, it's mean, because we have a transit mm -hmm. and we have a speed stage that mm -hmm. all the time we can have an accident. So right. I, I studied a lot, a lot, hours and hours to, to be uh, prepared and... Um, and control control this feeling that with um, how can I say the fear, and it was it was a challenge that every person came to me and said, Laura, that's not possible. <laughs> you cannot do that. You you are a woman. You never did that. That's not possible. And I think those people they gave to me. Um, strength to go ahead and I I said I can do it I can mm. do it but the fear was every time with me and one this fear was amazing was wonderful mm. and the big challenge the big challenge of my life and I I I in the end the the first race I feel blessed mm. to do it and we finish in second place that um, was re re really, really special for me. And never a, a person did that. Mm -hmm. The first place and arriving to in second place was really, really good. <laughs> and then you guys went on to win the following year. That's correct. In 2016, we won the race that's, overall. That's, that's, that's very good. Your second year together. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. 
So what off track prior to the race, what sort of training do you guys go through to prepare for such a long event? Actually, it's a very long-term training uh, that nearly starts a week after the last race. Okay. Uh, so I would say it's nearly a one-year uh, preparation because uh, you need to have a lot of logistics. You need right. to have a lot of preparation. It's a seven-day race, and um, anything that goes wrong will uh, take out any chance of podium or any chance of winning the race. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, I mean, your all the logistics of, of the car has to be perfect. The um, all the recce that we do, the recce is the pre-designing uh, of all the notes that we have on the speed stages, and these notes are being made by uh, both of us mm -hmm. in a normal car on open roads uh, at normal speed. Mm -hmm. But we still have to note everything we encounter how the curves are, what are distances, what are the pitfalls, uh, where we can go faster so that we can optimize in the race our speed, but under a certain level of security, of course, right. and uh, ensure that uh, we don't overpass. So it's um, summarizing, you have the preparation of the car mm -hmm. that has to be perfect, has to be tested, you have the recce, that's all the notes that we take on the roads. Mm. You have the physical preparation that has to be um, on a good shape. You need um, to have endurance because it's a long seven days race. Uh, you have to be dynamic. You have to be uh, very, very perceptive on anything that may happen. And then we have also all the logistics that accompany the race uh, during mm. the seven days because it's uh, one city to the other, we cross the whole country, so it's um, 3,200 kilometers uh, wow. race, and it goes from south to north, okay. so we, we do need a lot of preparation. Right, so for people who may not be aware of this race, if you guys could um, give your take and explain a little bit what, the, um, what this race entails and how long it is. Right. So th this race comes from the 1950s. That's the heydays of the motorsports worldwide. And it started because the president at that time of Mexico wanted to show the world that he had the infrastructure to cross the country for the trucks and the companies. And that road was the Panamericana Road. So he did the La Carrera Panamericana race to show to the world that it, were, it was ready. Uh, this race is composed in uh, some transit where we go at normal uh, road, open road speeds from mm -hmm. one point to the other. Right. And we just have to go and to get on time on these points. So that's the easy part. Right. And we have speed stages where the road would be closed by the federal police. Okay. And it can be between six kilometers speed stage up to... 35 kilometers speed stages so that is in timing between uh, three to four minutes and up to nearly 25 or 26 minutes speed stages race mm -hmm. um, these roads are closed to the public of course uh, uh, especially i mean to the to the cars you may have some uh, public uh, on the on the sides in mm -hmm. the security zones 
where they can assist to the race, but we wouldn't cross any cars or any bikes or motorbikes or anything right. like this. Right. Sometimes we do cross some animals that are wild around, <laughs> yeah. so you have to, to be very careful with that. And this race uh, starts at the south of Mexico and mm. goes up. Uh, it would be between 600 to 800 kilometers per day. And we would go from one city to the other, crossing the country north. And uh, we end at Durango or Saltillo or Ciudad Juarez. It would depend on the year because each year the organization will change a little bit uh, how the race goes uh, through the country. I understand. And um, you said this race is about a week-long event. That's correct. So you have... Um, two days of administrative preparation, then you have one day that is qualification, mm-hmm. and then you have the seven days of the race. So it would take you 10 days, actually, to do the whole, the whole race, and maybe one more day just to have a rest. Because right, I you understand. Will, you will end quite badly, bad yeah. shape. So, so yeah. I would say it's 11 days because you do need that, that final day. Mm. Sure. So in between those days, do you, when when and how often do you guys get to take a breather? Do you rest at night? How does that work? We do rest at night, but we have between half an hour and one hour rest in the middle of the day. Okay. And that's what we call the service. And this service is also dedicated to review the cars and maybe change the tires. And that's the only moment uh, during the day where we can have our mechanics on the cars that can do something. So if it's between the morning and the service or the service and the end of the day, if something happened to the car, we have to deal with it. And we also have to repair the car and ensure we can continue the race. So we also have the challenge. Yes, definitely. Going along, so you guys mentioned livestock and animals on the, on the road earlier. How do you go through this race dealing with obstructions and the possibility of wrecking? What is that like? So the animals, normally, we, we already know how they behave. Right. If, it, if, if it's a horse, if it's a cow, cow if it's a dog. dog. So we already know where to pass and what to do with this. Okay. Uh, we got some experience, actually. <laughs> Uh, so that that's part of the race. Uh, actually, it doesn't happen very often. I would say maybe once in a race or twice in a race, more or less. Yes. Yes, no more. Max. Uh, okay. Yeah. Now, regarding uh, the other part of your question, the, yeah. the wreckage, an uh, accident uh, may happen because, of course, if you want to, to win, you, you need to be on the limit. And being on the limit, um, sometimes you can exceed it and have uh, some accident or or wreckage or anything mm-hmm. that may happen. So uh, we do as much as we can to avoid this because that's the end of, of our possibilities to win the race and, and our objective is to win the right. race and, and participate in the race and go to the end, which is already a victory, actually, yeah. <laughs> to get to the end. And, and uh, it already happened together. We had uh, two. Uh, um, so once it happens uh, we have to deal with the fact first if if we are okay right. second how the car is and and in in also with the second point to be sure we are not obstructing 
the road uh, so that the other participants can go by in a, in, in a secure position so that it, it, we don't get them in danger. Uh, that's very important. And, and after that, uh, we look at if we can uh, repair on the spot and, and go on or if it's over for the day and mm -hmm. we need uh, to declare that we are um, abund abandoning that day, okay. uh, which, which, which incurs in a lot of penalties. So that, that, that's um, complicated if we do so, okay. but it, it already happened twice, actually. Yeah, wow. we, we, train, we train before the race uh, to go out the car because we imagine a lot of situ situation that we can be and so we try to train all the um, details of uh, an accident, for example, to go out. We must go out uh, 10 seconds uh, max, maximum, because the car can take fire. So um, we prepare a little bit some situations of danger. And uh, this uh, gave give us a more peaceful to when happens uh, some accidents, for example. And I think it's helped a lot to train before some situation. It's very difficult for me because I'm mom and think yeah. that we can have an accident. It's very difficult. So, so it's better to train and be um, prepared for uh, all the situations that we can have. And for me, it's, um, it's very important to, to do. We also train to change the wheel, for example, or in case right. of a puncture. Uh, so we, we do that with a chrono, uh, a tag oil chrono, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and actually, um, it, it helps us to be prepared so that we can change a wheel in less than, than two or three minutes. Uh, so it's, it's, it's very fast. understand. So during the Pan American race, what is the, when you guys are, are in it, what is the typical communication between the two of you as driver and co-driver? Um, it's very clear, very uh, direct, and uh, we cannot lose the, the, the time, so we can, we try to speak uh, very, um, uh, with a lot of trust and very trust. clear, and, and we actually have uh, basically two, um, two pillars of communication. Okay. One is the transits where we have to go from point A and point B in certain time. Uh, so we have a 30 seconds window to get to these points. Uh, and there the co-driver will be very important to tell me exactly where we should follow, where we should go. Uh, the race organization already gives you a roadbook that you have to follow. Uh, it's very well made. The race does it extremely well, mm -hmm. but um, changes always may occur in, in traffic and transit. And so we have to adapt and we have to be very calm and be sure that we get to these 30 seconds windows on the points. So that's one pillar of communication. The yeah. other pillar of communication is when we are in the speed stages. Yeah. And in the speed stages, it's uh, where everything gets more exciting, uh, where we have the co-driver telling me exactly anticipating the curves, everything that comes, and that I have to understand, process, and in consequence, drive in, in the exact way I'm listening to what she says. Because um, I, I will enter a curve 
just as she said it, not as I'm looking at it, because right. I am not seeing what she's saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that's the very, very interesting and passionate um, communication point that we have uh, together. And being spouse uh, is even even more challenging in some way, mm-hmm. but um, we have all this uh, trust and sharing of life that we extend to the race in this intensified world uh, of emotions, and it's great to live it. Mm-hmm. In this stage, um, I, I must to learn articulate yes better because when uh, we have uh, some space days that it's very fast and with a lot of curves i must to to sing i say sing mm-hmm. um, very fast so if i am not clear what i with each word that i say he cannot understand so mm-hmm. i learned to um, sing and read the road book very clear and articulate with my mouth and the breath as well, it's very important because when you start to speak very fast, if you don't breathe like a singer, right. you cannot finish the speed stage. It's very difficult for a co-driver. So I learn it and I training uh, some details like that to be very clear and fast and calm. In the same time, I cannot uh, scream. Mm-hmm because he cannot understand so it's very it's very difficult and uh, some intonations as well because when we have some something that is very dangerous i must to put more intonation in some words so have a lot of details to win this crazy race (laughs) (laughs) so during the span of the race um do you guys run into weather issues yes we do but uh, it's quite mild because we are in Mexico, so right. we don't have snow. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what we have um, is rain, basically. Right. And if it does rain too much, then the race organization may cancel the speed stage. And okay. the reason being that the tires we use are semi-slick. So if we do run on, on heavy rain, we do aquaplaning um, mm-hmm. very fast, and then the car would would uh, lose control uh, very easily, and it would become dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, so, changing to rain tires uh, is is a big difficulty. Uh, so nowadays, if the rain is too heavy, then we, we wouldn't race. Okay. Uh, but if we have light rain, yes, we do, and then it gets very slippery. What, what we do have actually is the conditions of the of the terrain of the asphalt mm-hmm. the asphalt would change quite a lot between one state to the other and one region to the other in mexico and okay. temperatures may vary quite a lot we may race at um i, I would say in, in centigrades uh, at seven degrees centigrade okay. up to 30 32, 35 degrees centigrade. So altitude altitude will change quite a lot. It can be the sea level up to 3,000 meters high. Mm -hmm. So that's big, huge mountains. Yes. It's, Um, yeah, it's actually, it's higher than the highest road in Europe, which is 3,600 with the Col of the Bonnet. Mm -hmm. So we are very high. 
Mm-hmm. And, and we have also to adapt um, the, um, the carburetors of the cars, the engine, um, to fine-tune the engine so it does work at these altitudes and, and adapt with temperatures and with the, the types of asphalt we would face. Understood. And what type of car do you guys run in this race? So we do race the typical and real uh, Carrera Panamericana race car, mm-hmm. which is uh, a 1954 shape of car. Okay. I say shape because actually we only have the shape nowadays. Right. Uh, the category we run is the highest one, which is called the Turismo Mayor. Mm-hmm. And in this category, Basically, it's equivalent to the NASCAR specifications of around six years ago. I okay. say six years ago because we still run on carburetors. We do not have fuel injection. Okay. Uh, but the engine size, size of carburetors, um, the type of the chassis and suspensions and brakes are exactly the same as the, as the NASCAR Spring Series of around six years ago. Okay. I understand what you mean. And um, when, so like, did, is that always how those cars were run or were they at one point the original cars? You also do have original cars, which the category called original Pan Am. Okay. And these cars are, I mean, as they were uh, built in the 50s, they just have a small upgrade on the brakes and maybe on suspension and that's it. Uh, mm-hmm. But the chassis is the chassis of the car. It's not a tubular, a tube chassis. It's the chassis of the car. And that's uh, very challenging for mm-hmm. uh, the, the drivers on, on that category. And you have basically three or four Pan-American categories that are an evolution of the cars of that era as the one we run. Or you have history, here, also categories where you can run and race with a 911 Porsche of the, of the 70s of the 80s, uh, so you we also compete with these kinds of cars. Gotcha. Understood. Well, next, I'd like to have each of you speak on your amazing win in 2016, what that experience was like, what the race was like, and how it felt to win overall. Uh, for me, it was my second race of mm-hmm. my life, so um, very challenging and each race, I learn a lot, but I was in the second, so I um, I must um, how can I say I must learn a lot of things that I I didn't know in the second race. So um, the first race uh, we lost because I did uh, uh, a mistake on mistake. on the on the pages that we have to deliver to the organization where mm-hmm. the timing is. And okay. the co-driver, as a responsibility, has to sum up all the times of the speed stages of the day. And on the sum, there were a mistake and we had a 30-second penalty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we lost the first race just because this. So the second race, I was very focused to not do the mistakes that I did the first time. But um, the feeling of uh, 2016 was amazing. Everyone... This time said, mm-hmm. "Go on, Laura, mm-hmm. you can do it." So the energy of the this race it was really special, mm-hmm. and everyone was um, uh, on the first set. Uh, following us, following, 
the U.S. and saying, go on, go on. So uh, this, uh, I think, helps a lot for me. And uh, when we did the last speed stage, I was so um, with this energy and we can, I cannot believe that I can do it. So mm. I finished the, the finish line. I said, oh my <laughs> God, I do it, I do it. I did, I did. <laughs> so uh, I started to cry and I, I asked Edilair, that's true, we won. <laughs> I said, yes, we won. I remember this, this moment and these images is for life mm-hmm. and um, sharing these feelings with my husband was was really really amazing and we grow together with all these difficult times inside the car mm-hmm. and for me was the it was wonderful <laughs> great and then uh, on my side uh, as a driver winning uh, this um, legendary race is something very special, uh, very great. Um, I used to race motorbikes uh, many years uh, in Europe and in South America, uh, but winning this particular legendary race is is something, I mean, so great, incredible, and it's the result of a lot of efforts. It's not just a a one-hour race that that you did well. Actually, it's it's the summing up of many races because each speed stage is actually a race. And we have like eight races per day during seven days and over many states and the whole country. Um, and having uh, winning this race together with uh, my, my wife uh, has, has been very special. Um, it creates memories. It uh, bounds also uh, many um, things um, in between us, so I think it has been something incredible and that we will always remember and share for, for the rest of our life. You mentioned something interesting to me, um, and I had re- did a little bit of research. So, Hilaire, you started racing motorcycles. Yes, exactly. And, and how did you trans- transfer from motorcycle to from two wheels to four wheels, in a matter of speaking? Um, so, so yes, um, I did start my, my racing actually in France in the French Championship. That was in the 90s. And um, I did uh, win at that time a very uh, important uh, uh, challenge uh, that was organized by Yamaha and Dominique Sarro mm-hmm. in 1986. And that uh, did transform my life as a racer as I did become um, a professional racer for Yamaha France. And I did uh, some European race. I did the um, Worldwide Endurance Championship with mm-hmm. races of 24 hours. Uh, Le Mans, Boldor, Spa-Francorchamps. So that, that have been some amazing uh, memories for me mm-hmm. as a racer. Then uh, I lived in Brazil for many years. I participated in the Brazilian Championship also uh, on super sport and on super bikes. And in 2005, I did retire from motorbikes, and uh, I started racing cars in 2009 uh, for the La Carrera Panamericana race, Mm -hmm. and 2015 then with Laura. Are there any similarities at all between racing the motorbike and racing a vehicle? Yeah, your question is, I think, very interesting, because they are 
much more similarities that we may imagine. Okay. Um, because especially in the race as uh, La Carrera Panamericana, where you don't have any space for any mistake because you are on roads where any consequence of a mistake can be huge. Um, so the fine line in the way you drive a motorbike race transfer to a NASCAR spec race car on roads, mm-hmm. I think is a very uh, big advantage or a very positive point. Uh, because if you do only race cars, you may be accustomed to to race in, in sideways or to overcook your driving yeah. on cars. Mm-hmm. But on a motorbike, you cannot overcook it. If you right. do it, I mean, you will play it with your body. Yeah. And uh, so, so you always take much care of, of having a good judging of where the limits are. And when you enter a curve, you are committed. That's the right speed, the right way, the right uh, line that you are taking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you transfer that to um, driving a race car in Dakar Panamericana, mm-hmm. I'm sure you will get it right. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. Um, in closing, what events, if any, are you planning to run coming up? So coming up, we have the Chihuahua Express, which is um, a race that is being organized in the state of Chihuahua in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's an interesting race because it's only three days. It, it goes uh, back to the same city. So it doesn't have the excitement of Carrera Panamericana. Mm-hmm. It's much shorter, but it's a good training for us. For the car? To prepare the car. That's mm-hmm. correct. And we may participate to a few race of the um, Mexican Championship of Rally, okay. uh, where where they do give us the opportunity to race uh, these kind of cars too. Okay. Sometimes in the same speed stage that you will do in the La Carrera Panamericana as well. Exactly. And helps a lot to. Um, uh, to, to fine-tune your car, it's mm-hmm. very useful. Before the roadbook to do the, the points that it's very specified. Yes, specific. Mm-hmm. Specific. Right. <laughs> That's it. Are there differences between the car you would run in the Panamericana and this car you're speaking of? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, that would be the same car. It's okay. a Studebaker uh, Commander that has these NASCAR specs. So okay. the engine is a big uh, V8, uh, 360 cube inches, uh, revs uh, up to 7,000 RPM, but it may revs even higher. Uh, we we do have stop top speed of uh, 250 kilometers an hour, mm-hmm. but that, that's being topped uh, by the organization because that car can go over 300, over 200 miles an hour. Right. Uh, so it can be very, very fast. The mm-hmm. challenge with that car is actually the downforce because okay. the, the the downforce of the shapes of a Studebaker is not good as a race car would be today, mm-hmm. nowadays. So we work the underneath of the car uh, because that's what is, is allowed uh, so that we can still have some... Uh, some flat plane floor to have a little downforce there on, on high speed curves. 
You right. must just say this this car don't have any assistance in mm -hmm. the brakes, nothing, nothing. It's very difficult to to drive, you know? Yeah, no nannies. We right. don't have PBS, <laughs> we don't have nothing. control traction, anything. Uh, of course, the gearbox is a manual gearbox in H, and it's a five-speed gearbox, dog box, a race gearbox, but it's still mm -hmm. everything manual, with the clutch, with the three pedals, with mm -hmm. everything. Nice. And um, we have no ABS, no nothing. So, so you really have to to be very fine in, in in the way you would you would drive that car. And this is also what is so passionate about that race is racing yeah. still these cars yes. that are very demanding. Right. I must say, is the best driver that I saw, <laughs> and he feel the car like a part of him. I don't mm. know what happened, how can this can happen, but he he do like that. He feel the car. He sometimes he said, Laura, I think the um, maybe the, the the tire the tire has a, a little less the pressure, pressure mm -hmm. but. It's nothing. If I, how can you feel that? <laughs> it's it's crazy. It's crazy. But he, I think the motorcycle have helps you a lot to have this feeling with this car, and it's real. It's really part of us when we are inside the mm -hmm. car and we feel this. Uh, how can I say magic when um, when we are in the car in the speed stage? Mm. Really great. My final question for you guys is, uh, are there events and races that you would like to run one day, but you haven't yet? Indeed. Uh, one particular one is uh, Pikes Peak, because there is in Pikes Peak a category for our car. Okay. And uh, I, we would love to do Pikes Peak, and it's possible to do also with a co-driver. Mm -hmm. And I think that would be a, such a great experience to to run up that mountain yeah. uh, in Colorado with that that crazy car. Um, so that that would be a race that we would really love to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, also in Europe there is the Tour Auto, uh, okay. which is much lighter uh, race, uh, much less speed stages. Speed stages normally are on race tracks, but uh, still that would be a, such a nice experience too. In Finland mm. as well, in, in the snow. Oh yes, and in Finland, we we would like also to have uh, an experience in in the Arctic uh, Circle, okay. where you have some rally on snow, and uh, mm. that that would be incredible. But it would have to be with another car, and, right? Uh, the proper snow uh, adapted rally car. Right. Can I, I said another day because um, I saw the Paris Dakar, and I said it we can do it, but Hilaire doesn't like a lot the um, the, uh, the, the <laughs> challenge is quite different because right. in, in Paris Dakar you you need to go uh, through all the difficulties that that the terrain would present. Uh, the, the speed, of course, is important, but you still have to navigate a lot in in the terrain. And the cars can get stuck in a very bad way, right. uh, uh, and I think that would be very challenging uh, for us to do that. <laughs> but uh, and it would have also to be in a different car in a particular way. Yes, but we would still uh, actually like to to race La Carrera Panamericana if we can for many years. Uh, we we do have our major sponsors that help us in making this possible, right. especially uh, Tag Heuer, the 
watches that yes. do help us a lot in this, and also Calida and Champagne Tétanger. And uh, with the, their support, uh, we, we still can do that race. And it's such a legendary race, such yeah. emotions to, to build together, to share together that we are delighted to, to be doing that. And we invite many people and racers in, in considering that race because yeah. it's, it's a race that would give memories for you the whole life. And yeah. if you have the chance to um, be able to do that in, in family, that can be... Um, father and son, father and daughter, all spouses, uh, or likes. And uh, I mean, it's an experience that you would never, ever find any other way of motorsports worldwide. And uh, it's extraordinary. So live it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I will say something that it's very uh, strange, but um, change the way that you you see life. Uh, Mm -hmm. For me, change a lot because this race is very, very human, human. Human, yes. Human, and the passion every participate have it's amazing, and, and it's um community. How can I say? It's a big community, people from all over the world, mm-hmm. and and you, you will feel the Mexican uh, people in a way that you would never experience if it's not with this race, mm-hmm. because all the villages and the big cities that we cross and where we arrive. Uh, do wait for that race maybe for many months mm-hmm. and that might be in many cities the event of the year for them so the, the, the community and communication we have with the population is incredibly um, great and, mm-hmm. and warm and I think uh, experiencing this in large scale is fantastic because that race of course is free for anyone to see and to look at and uh, people can go to the cities where we arrive touch the car be with the drivers co-drivers and having some communications and uh, and that's very special because normally in a motorsport event you still have to buy a ticket and you are behind a fence and you wouldn't live in the same way uh, the race so this is the essence of motorsport racing as it used to be in the 50s and 60s and that still lives on. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a monument of, of racing that we have a chance to, to have and, uh, in, in the world and in Mexico. And the organization is doing a wonderful work so that it still lives on in a very great way. And they always upgrade this event. So... Mm-hmm. Everyone go and race it if you can. Right. It's a great, great moment. All these people that wait us in all this village, we do part of their the history because sometimes they come to us and start to to remember the history with, with his great father. And I remember with my great father, I came in the road mm-hmm. and I, I saw you. So it, it's amazing to do part of the, these people and partage um, and share <laughs> and share with these people all, all this love and energy and, and passion about this race and about um, uh, feel this, uh, how can I say, uh, win all these um, mm. fears and 
they they follow us because um, how can I say <laughs> they participate to the race yeah. and, and they identify themselves with a certain team and they go along with that team they are fans and they actually push you give you motivation yeah. extraordinary people that live with us actually the race mm-hmm. uh, not only on the race but um, with the, the social networks we can see these uh, participation that they have all year uh, long mm-hmm. and they are waiting for that moment to see these incredible cars uh, passing by at these speeds on on roads uh, right. which is uh, fantastic yeah. yeah um what time when this year is the uh, pan american race you'll be participating in every every year always the same month it's okay. october okay so it's uh, around mid october and it, it can change one week, but it's always exactly. mid-October. Okay. Well, hopefully one of these years I'd love to see the race and experience these things you're saying firsthand. You must come and yeah. follow the race. It's mm-hmm. amazing. I did this uh, how many years? Uh, almost yeah, five years. Five now. years. Okay. I follow the race with our family, and it's amazing as well. But it's very different. Be inside the car and be outside the car right and, i can imagine yeah exactly it's amazing as well it's really beautiful and visit the country and saw all these uh, landscapes so mm-hmm. um, i think it's you must to come <laughs> yeah I'd, I'd love to have experienced a lot of different types of auto racing and this would be something completely new and exciting to see in, in person indeed Indeed, it's it's great to see how people uh, get along with the race, follow the race, accompany mm-hmm. the race, and the racers and and all the teams, and they have their cars that they they, they love. Uh, yeah. We we have some fans that even replicate our own race cars uh, and and send pictures of what they did and everything. It, it's it's fabulous. It's all about love and all about passion. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, it was fantastic talking with both of you. Um, I really enjoyed this time. It was great to meet you guys. Thank well, you. We, so we did enjoy a lot also, Albert, and, and looking at the, the way you're interested in, in this, uh, it's great because I think more people should know about it and, and follow it and be part of it. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Albert. And it was amazing to share with you this moment. And the, the information about La Carrera Panamericana. I hope you enjoy, guys. <laughs> yes, I'm going to do my best to spread the word on the race and on YouTube, um, and I'll be pulling for you in the future. Excellent, Albert. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you so much. And, and follow, follow us on Instagram and Facebook to, to be part of the La Carrera Panamericana with us. We post a lot of photos and mm-hmm. information about La Carrera. So follow us and enjoy it. Well, folks, there you have it. Hillier and Laura Dameron, championship race car drivers and a beautiful couple. It was fantastic to have them on the show and talk with them. And it's great to now have them as part of the Planet Shivers family. You could find this episode and a whole lot more on all major podcast platforms and YouTube with video. Don't forget, there are lots of updates on my Instagram page at Albert Shivers. 
We have another great guest coming up on the next episode. In the meantime, take care of yourself and take care of somebody else.